Oasis. Practical Wisdom with Scott Allen. Hello, I am Scott Allen, and thanks to my daughter Kate for developing the intro to the Practical Wisdom for Leaders podcast, where we offer a smart, fast-paced discussion on all things leadership. My guests help us explore timely topics and incorporate practical tips to help you make a difference in how you lead and live. If you haven't done so, please click subscribe so you automatically, seamlessly stay in the know when we publish new episodes. Likewise, please provide me with feedback. What do you like? What do you dislike? And what else would you like to know? And now, today's show. Laura Gilliam. I just mentioned a restaurant, Taza, and you were one of the last people that I actually had a meal with live. And we had this really fun conversation. We were talking about remote workers. We were talking about virtual leadership. We were talking about where potentially you're going to take some of your studies in your PhD program. And here we are months later. I mean, this was likely, I could look at the date. It was probably last February. Yep. Right before, For, right before the big March 12th or wherever you may live that day. Yes, yes. So everybody, we have Laura Gilliam on the, the podcast today. She as She's at the Progressive Corporation, and she is an OD and research consultant in that organization. And I'm excited. She's also a PhD candidate. So we have a reflective practitioner. We have a practitioner scholar. We have someone who's at the intersection of a couple different places. And I'm really excited for this conversation, Laura. Maybe share a little bit more about you, and then we'll jump into uh, virtual relationships and leadership and organizational relationships in this new world. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, thanks. I, I, I'm honored to be here. It's nice to actually be on this side of it. I'm, a, I'm obviously a fan of your program, so it, it's great to be sitting here with you talking on this side of it. Obviously, leadership is something I love and feel passionate about. So, um, again, it's great to talk with someone who who studies and transfers that type of knowledge to others. Um, I spend a great deal of time, as you mentioned, doing this within the organization. So that makes me a practitioner scholar. So I live in both those spaces. And um, so I love digging into theory of leadership and, and all the nuances that surround that wonderful topic and um, all the tough work that everybody's doing, especially now in that space. And with Progressive, they have uh, committed to digging into the social side of that. So this is a company that really focuses on um, the utilization of technology and the design of great products and services, right? Um, very strategy driven. So for them to dedicate time and effort to the social science of leadership um, makes me fall in so love with cool. them even more. Yeah. Yes. And, yes. Yeah. So um, that's my life right now. So it, it combines. It's it's my purpose because um, I I love studying relationships at all dimensions. So, you know, all your relationships from what you do at home, how you're a father, husband, friend, um, how you interact with your community and all dimensions of your leadership, wherever that may fall um, to you in the classroom. So I like studying that and in Progressive, I do the same thing. I like knowing about people. Um, first of all, I believe everyone at, at Progressive is a leader 
whether their title holds that or not, leadership is all encompassing, right? So some people are leaders in the PTA, some people are leaders, you know, with our frontline, some are leaders in our social responsibility efforts or our DNI efforts, but everybody's yeah. a leader. So I like um, studying that, exploring that, digging into that with people and really understanding the emotional side of leadership, the, the emotional intelligence, the, the relational components of why, why do people fall in love or um, why do people feel loyalty or respect or trust towards certain people? And how do those degrees change? That's really interesting. So yeah, it's everything. It's, it's who I am as a mom. It's who I am, hopefully as a wife and friend. And it's definitely something that I am passionate about in my workplace. Well, and, and when I think of progressive, I've had Trisha Griffith, the CEO in class before, and she's such a wonderful presenter. She's such a wonderful soul, such an incredible energy. She's been, I believe it was Forbes business person of the year, came up through the HR kind of operations pathway and will have lunch with, with, with employees and people know her and meets with every incoming group of new hires and shares her thoughts and perspectives on leadership. And so at least within that organization, what I've absolutely loved about my interaction with people at Progressive is that you can feel the energy. You can feel the energy and the passion for the organization. And the last time she spoke in class, I basically had a transcript of the presentation. I just said, you need to write a book. <laughs> she really does. She does. Yeah, she she's amazing, right? So she makes my work easy. She's a, a daily source of inspiration. So all of us can write about the poor leaders we had in our life, and we've learned tremendous things from them, right? And and unfortunately, we have those in our life, but hopefully we can pull the good and, and learn from that. But when you're working in an organization that has an amazing leader who just gets it, who appreciates people, puts people first... Um, like Trisha does, you, the way you interact with leadership is completely different. So I, I'm not afraid. I don't shy away from poor leadership. I love studying that and seeing to what degree we can, you know, snuff that out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's my goal. But when when you see someone like Trisha and I get to see her daily, even in a virtual world, how she is generating positive inspiration to her people across the country, th that's just fun and exciting to study. And that will be the source of most of my work. How do we, how do we take what Trisha offers and, and what she does every day and spread that knowledge and that expertise and allow people to, to do the same in their own unique way? So she's just, she's amazing. I'm, I'm very lucky in that space. When you just said something that was really where I would love to go, this, this kind of, even in a virtual space, how do these relationships, how, so what are you exploring? What are you thinking about right now, either on an academic side or just an organizational side, when it comes to virtual relationships? Because Progressive is such a relationship-based organization already. What are some of your observations that you've, that you've made in recent months? Yeah, great question. So it, I was studying this before this pandemic and social crisis and, and political division, all this happened, right? And that has added just complexity issues that have allowed us to dig in even deeper. But prior to that, you're right. We are a company that believes that relationships are the core of everything. 
we believe in trying to figure out how to build relationships with our customers, not just acquire more, but have them fall in love with the company that protects them. Um, same thing with our people. We want people to come to work and be not just proud of what they do, but fall in love with their workspace and have the opportunity to build relationships and leave there and have friendships to really have a relationship with their organization because of the amount of time they spend there and because it just makes you feel great as a person. This whole crisis has shifted my research and shifted Progressive. So we had the luxury within our company of having beautiful buildings with wonderful, probably one of the largest private collection of art, um, you know, in the nation. And then um, events, really fun, great events for employees celebrating their milestone anniversaries, celebrating birthdays, uh, celebrating retirements, uh, people coming in. We, we obviously, we have the naming rights of Progressive Field, so we participated fully in that with opening day and events throughout that. Um, we were a very physical relationship company, and by that I mean we interacted with each other. Um, even if you didn't work at headquarters, there's buildings across the country. People would, you know, travel to be together. We'd have team meetings. Physical events together were very important, and all of us are feeling this, right? So if you don't get to be with your family or you've had to distance to protect, um, there is something that's happened. And what it ha what happened at Progressive that I'm studying is we had to let go of that, right? So all of us were sent home. Forty three thousand people, um, most for the most part, were sent home, and so we didn't have that physical space keeping us together. And then our events, we couldn't have our events, so those were taken away. And then even things like tchotchkes, like our progressive t-shirts, our jackets, those things sound <laughs> silly, but those are relational items. You know, it's like wearing your your college alma mater t-shirt for the game and stuff. That creates pride. So, Laura, Laura, when I the, I have never gotten a better bag of tchotchkes. <laughs> Than when I spoke at Progressive. <laughs> Good. It's, I mean, I came home and I was like, kids, you know, and <laughs> I'm handing them dolls of flow and all kinds of flow things. And, Aww. you know, it was it was just, I agree with you. I have, yeah. I have lived that. Yes. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun when I walk down the street on Halloween and I see people wearing flow cards. Like, there are just, it's just a sense of pride when you see that. And all that was taken away, Scott. And what we were left with, the one thing that COVID didn't take from us, was relationships. And so that's what we have. And that's what we're left with. And and obviously, it's a passion point of mine. And so for two reasons, I'm very concerned with that. One, how do I protect, help my leaders protect those relationships when they don't have the support of their surroundings and the opportunity to build events, even pulling people into a room uh, to talk really quick. Uh, we have video uh, communication and we have relationships, two things. So how do we sustain those relationships that were so strong before? Can we sustain them? Can they? And people are questioning, like, can we have great relationships without being together, without feeling the energy we do, without shaking hands or giving a hug or saying hi or grabbing a cup of coffee together? Those are big concerns for everybody, um, but especially with us, because we did not realize how dependent we were on that. So this is a, it's a really um, critical time for us to figure out how do we protect what we built? And, and we're living off of a residual of what we had before. So as new people come in and they've never seen or experienced all that stuff, Will we be able to have them feel that? Will leaders be able to connect them with an organization the same way they did before? 
I think yes, but I think it's going to take a lot of creativity um, and some really relational ingenuity is what I call it. So yeah, that's what I'm studying. And that's what, uh, that's where my worlds intersect between uh, progressive business and schooling. So say a little bit more. I love that phrasing, relational ingenuity. Would you talk a little bit more about that? Right. Or did you just literally make it up and now you're going to have to figure some stuff? I know I had to jot that down like, oh, maybe that's my research topic. (laughs) Well, there's two words I do use. It's relational physics and relational ingenuity. So relational physics is just every word, every interaction, even you and I right now. So you're right. We used to be able to go have lunch or have a cup of coffee and talk and generate brainstorm and and just have, you know, fun dialogue, casual interactions, a lot of people. And you get energy from that because – just the physicality of that, right? Um, but your words still held a positive and negative charge. When you when you popped online and I got to greet you and you you know come out with a smile and you say hello, that's a positive energy that creates inspiration for me. So what I need to do is just pay attention to those words and behaviors that are leaders. So in a leadership role, you're the leader of this podcast, right? So what you say and what you do um, probably holds more weight than what I say or do. So understanding that. And you managing that and knowing that you have the capability of giving me energy um, through your leadership of this podcast and also through which words, actions, and gestures that you make. And knowing that you only have this limited space to do it. You got this little screen and this little amount of time and then we're done. And then I walk away with everything that you've given me. And if you've given me, you know, 10 little atoms of positive relational energy, I get to use that for my next relationship, right? So I go into the kitchen. I'm happy with the kids. They start yeah. giving me positive energy and it's residual. So leader, um, physical, uh, relational physics with, from a leader standpoint is really important. And the ingenuity of that is is what I mean. Like yeah. before March 12th, I keep using that date because that's the one I remember um, in Ohio <laughs> when the governor came out and everything stopped and we're like, wow, this is going to be a rough two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, two years, right? So we're like, wow, how are we going to do this? And here we are. We've we've been relationally, uh, we've had relational ingenuity. Somehow Zoom entered our vocabulary. And now yeah. it's not just a word, it's our tool. Who knows what tomorrow's tools will be? Who yeah. knows? You know, but we will figure it out because we are human beings who thrive on relationships. And so we yep. will start to come up with creative ways. We're already doing that, right? We're yep. coming up with creative ways to stay connected and build our relationships. So I'd like to tap into that and see how leaders are getting creative. I observe them. I pop in on Zooms. I interview them. And I try to really see. You'd be amazed at what these people are figuring out to keep their to keep their folks together and uh, keep keep them feeling good and and in the game and all that kind of stuff. So that that's some of the stuff I'm interested in. Well, I was reflecting on this the other day. My wife and I walk every day, and, and so we get outside and and we connect and we just get some exercise and and have really really good conversations. And we were talking about f- feelings of isolation and feelings because you and I talked about that that isolation that employees can feel when they're remote, right? That we we had that conversation at lunch the last time we we met. But when I think about this podcast, you'd mentioned this podcast. What's so interesting is I'm probably having one or two or three conversations a week. So this right now is filling my bucket. Two days ago, I spoke with Brad Jackson, who's in New Zealand, and that filled my bucket. So 
in a weird way, this has kept me connected. It's helped me network. It's helped me build current relationships I have, make new relationships. It's been this really... So in a sense, it's been kind of an ingenious way. I didn't know I was doing this, but it's been a way for me to stay connected and actually thrive, right? Because I've I've built relationships with people I never would have had relationships with because of this medium. So this medium was literally born out of me being on a treadmill and thinking, I need something to do with my mind right. <laughs> No, you, around March 12th. <laughs> such a great example. And you're humble yeah. about it, Scott, but that yeah. is relational ingenuity. You have taken yeah. even a tool that existed that maybe we weren't using as robustly, or maybe sure. you added some rigor to it. And you're right. You're connecting people. I I have used podcasts here and there. You've like reignited my passion around podcasts. I have a, a list now of podcasts that I listen to. Yours is top. Um, but yeah, <laughs> like that's pretty impressive. Like you've inspired folks um, to reconnect with a tool that allows them to go for a walk and learn about something they love or, or hear a conversation and connect with someone they would have never connected with except for the fact you brought them in. So that, that's just great. Well, and again, it wasn't by design. It's just been a happy, happy accident that this is one way. Because again, my wife will say, well, I feel cut off. And I and I, I don't know. I feel like I'm still connecting with people and getting that bucket filled in that way. It, like you, I will I will go upstairs because I'm in my basement after this and, and help get dinner ready and 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 I'll feel ready for the evening. It's just, it's energizing. And so what other tactics have you seen? Have you come across some unique approaches that you've seen some leaders use? What comes mm -hmm. to mind? So I think companies are helping like, like, uh, for example, some of the recording um, opportunities and, and different technology you've used to even have this show, right? Sure, um, sure. Uh, American Greetings is a, I I don't even know if I'm allowed to plug companies and I don't own stock sure. it, so I'm not but sure yeah they've gotten talk creative. about AG <laughs> they they have um, an e card service that you can put people's names in and they you know they've got stars and you can send a greeting card to Scott Allen because now I can't you know, give it to you in person. I could yeah. nail it, but online I can send it and, you know, Shaq is saying your name and happy birthday or Donny Osmond is singing to you. Like that's creative. That stuff like technology is helping us get fun. You're probably using yeah. Instagram or different things that your kids are using. You would never use, but now to get fun and get in the game with them or to send something to students or something, you're using different tools uh, for that. I'd say people are even figuring out ways to use older tools too, like writing, like we were reconnecting with the old fashioned writing and sending of yeah. cards and, and things, you know, these creative things you're seeing on the news with people driving by and holding signs or teachers figuring out how to connect with their students and doing these car parades or birthday. There isn't, we don't have a laundry list now, but if you just look around you for one day, yeah. you will see at least five to 10 examples of people either using something we used to use before and and reconfiguring it to meet the needs or coming up with something totally new. Now, Zoom was kind of a new, we didn't even use those words, right? And now none of us have, my mother knows the term Zoom. <laughs> that's, that's really exciting though, you know, and it's yeah. allowing us, once we figure out the balance of how do I create distance between my work and my home, or how do I renew myself without as much physical connection? 
Um, and then when re-entry happens and we figure this out, and maybe it won't be as accelerated as we had hoped, but how do we live in that space? Like this change over the next two years will demand that we get resilient and creative with the relationships. And those are the things that I will be studying from an academic standpoint and transferring to an organizational standpoint. Even as you were just speaking, I, our, our daughters had a birthday party parade and it was one of their best birthday parties ever. We have situations where our girls will have three different, like a laptop and an iPad and another laptop and they'll have friends on Zooms and they'll be playing <laughs> games together and yep. connecting. That's been, uh, my son of course is on Xbox and that's that's yep. not anything new, but he's that's that's a medium that he's connecting with some of his folks. And mm -hmm. then I've had this really fun kind of small group of people where we've been testing es virtual escape rooms. Or we've done a couple, the simulations from uh, Harvard Business Publishing. And so there's an Everest simulation and there's a, it's called Patient Zero and there's a food truck simulation. And so all of those have been really interesting, cool ways to, yeah. again, just explore in this new space. Because I think, and then even when I think of the classroom, I have a whole speaker series this spring. A gentleman from Tesla in California, another gentleman from a biotech company in California, people from all over the mm -hmm. world who are going to be presenting. And that that never would have happened kind of in that right. previous space. Right. So it's that both and, right? But I right. love that term, relational ingenuity. Right. You look at companies like Peloton, right? Or, yes. or Nordic Trek, and they're allowing you to bike across the country. Right. You can yeah. all of a sudden I can bike in Italy. Um, yeah. I can row, you know, in, in England. I can like there's there are things that we are doing from um, a leading space, again, with leadership being all of us that we're taking control of and not being done unto. We're, we're leading in the space and we're figuring out how to come together and how to create these relational experiences. Um, yep. We'll figure this out. We will figure it out. Can it be as good as in person? I, I don't know. Me a year ago would have said, no way. You can't replace. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I have hope and, and trust in some of the things that we're doing, like you're mentioning. Well, I think it's a both end, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, right. it's, there's some new options that are available to us. Yeah. Uh, again, we had my wife's whole family on a Zoom for just an hour before uh, Christmas Eve. Wow. And that never would have happened that everyone would have shared space together because certain people were in different places around the right. country in North America. But this afforded that opportunity to occur. So yeah. what else? What yeah. else are you exploring and seeing, Laura? So I'll tell you this. Uh, another thing, even at Progressive, we try to – everybody should feel as equal as possible. But you can't get away from, you know, the hierarchy of the organization, understanding, hmm. you know – different leadership roles and in the front line feeling like they don't sit at the table or whatnot. I think one of the great things that have happened that I'd love to tap into and in research is we've kind of flattened the hierarchy. So now mm. everybody's at home. Everybody's experiencing the same thing. Everybody's communicating. You don't have to live at headquarters to get promoted. 
hopefully, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and that used to be, Hey, if you, for our company, and this is with a lot of companies, if you want to sure. get promoted, if you want those high level jobs, you want those leadership jobs, you got to go to where the headquarters is. Um, unfortunately for our folks, it's in Cleveland. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just saying that cause it's cold right now. I love Cleveland, but, but in all honesty, like now that opens the diversity of who can be a leader possibly this, yeah. this puts us all a little more even, and we're all using mm-hmm. the same techniques. We're all having the same struggles, you know, and I'll, I'll give you an example. Since you use Trisha, Trisha used to do these updates all the time, keep us informed on the business updates. And she, you know, w- was a CEO sitting in our studio, giving the updates. Now she was doing a home video with her son shooting it in yeah. her library at her house in a progressive t-shirt. She would talk about business results, how to hang in there, how we're going to support the customer, you know, societal updates. And then in the end, she would talk about her own personal, hey, I'm struggling with M&Ms and cheese balls and this is hard. <laughs> She's exposed herself. We have a relational connection that we never had before this. Yeah. Um, some people would have never seen Trisha anyway. They live in California. They live in Austin. They would have never seen her. Now they see her in her house in their house. So there are some things we would like to explore, like, is this great for the mindset of, of employees and that it kind of levels the playing field? You know, do students feel like, Hey, my professor's going through the same thing I am, you know, um, I know they hate not being together and there's nothing that will replace some of that stuff, but some of this really makes us more equal and we're all writing yeah. a new playbook we're dealing with things that nobody's ever had to deal with in our lifetime before right so together we're writing about what leadership looks like and and what we need tomorrow uh from leadership and we'll be on the forefront but i will tell you it will never deviate from being relational uh, mm. we've learned right how important if anything is put relationships at the table it's covid how important mm. those relationships are in leadership outside of leadership um, it has elevated the importance and the value for all of us. They can take our jobs. They can label us essential, non-essential, but but relationships trump all. It's the glue, right? It's the glue. It's the glue. It's that connectivity. It's the connective tissue that that. Uh, and when they when they are not present, it's damaging and it can be toxic. And when they are present, and that this doesn't mean that they're easy all the time and that we're not being kind of overly optimistic and naive, but yes, I mean, because you can feel that, you can feel that when that connective tissue is healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting, Scott, you brought up isolation and, you know, we know that depression, I mean, a lot of that is just the heaviness of a pandemic and the social Mm. unrest. So those are things we have to pay very close attention to that. Those are all the relationship with ourself. Um, That's become more important too, right? Where a lot of times we have time, more time with ourselves. So we need, we get to sit in and see what's that relationship like? Is it where I want it to be? Um, So a lot of this has been kind of like a, an aha or a moment to reflect, but then there's people who may Maybe don't have four kids running around or don't have, you know, and they are by themselves. Um, There's some people too who, you know, the introverts are like, thank you. This is so great. (laughs) I get some space. I don't have to socialize or go to happy hour. And if I do, I can click out of it. Um, So finally, they who were the introverts who are uncomfortable forever in this extrovert yeah. world are like, thank you. Um, but then the, in, the extroverts are, are struggling. Like they're, they've mm. lost some of that energy. So we want to pay attention and, 
and make sure that everybody is taken care of, that we, we do pay attention and don't make light and tell people, hey, we look for the silver lining when they're actually suffering. Um, that part is very real. We want to pay attention. And in organizations, leaders have a commitment to pay attention and dig into those things that sometimes we felt were none of our business. It's our business. Hmm. What's interesting about about what you just said, an observation or an aha that I have had, mm-hmm. just even on the, if, if we were to kind of just go with the, the people who prefer extroversion versus the people who prefer introversion, mm-hmm. this experience has very much taken what was very much an extroverted experience, especially in my classes where you have to be engaged, you have to talk, it's experiential, it's active. And almost swung the pendulum this other way where there's a lot of online discussion posts and reflection posts. And so it's been really interesting Mm -hmm. to observe maybe some of the limitations I previously had. I wasn't creating a space for people who maybe wanted to be more reflective and think Mm -hmm. through how they were going to respond to something. Because I have read some beautiful reflections and... What was interesting is the pendulum swung so far that way that I had a student last spring say, you know, there were a couple missed opportunities to really have some powerful conversations as as a team. And I thought, wow, because I I swung too far over here. And, you know, again, I think even when we do go back to -to face-to-face live, I'm going to be able to better balance and create Mm -hmm. some experiences in the classroom to Mm -hmm. meet that learning style and learning preference. Wow. That's tremendous so interesting. Yeah, that's that's great insight. And I think you're right, Scott. We do that all the time, right? So we swing, we go from one extreme to the other. And what this is is going to call upon us, especially as leaders, is to find that balance, right? To to have that relational balance and the business expertise balance and to have that appreciation for those who love to connect and to have that appreciation for those who need some space or time to reflect. Um, it's, it's really exposed us to understanding and appreciating the importance of balance all the way around. You know, maybe we don't have family get-togethers every single holiday. Maybe now we do, you know, one or two, just us or just friends, you know, kind of, I don't know. Some people are like, are you crazy? We're going back to family. (laughs) I get it. But it will at least have us pause and wonder, hey, is this right? Or, and we'll land, I believe, into that balance. Balance leadership is is kind of what I'm phrasing my research right now, where we have an appreciation for what exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know you are a fan of the work of uh, Richard Boyatzis, Dr. Mm-hmm. Boyatzis, and I know I need to have, I need to invite him on the podcast yes. at some point. Yes. Would you share some of your insights? Because we've spent a lot of time talking about relationships and his notion of positive emotional attractors and negative emotional attractors and just help mm-hmm. listeners kind of understand that concept because Absolutely. that's important. That's critical. Yeah, that's a game changer. And you know what? That's something we don't need fancy tools uh, for. I I love tools, but this is something you can just sit and interact with. You could do, you know, use a notebook or a journal to kind of pay attention to. And this is a game changer in life general. Mm, Uh, mm. So this is, I did learn this from Richard Boyatzis and Melvin Smith and this whole notion, like I said before, about relational physics. And what that means is, again, everything that you say and do has a positive or negative charge. Very few things have a neutral charge. You know, when you lay your Mm. head down tonight and you say, God, today was a good day. 
you mm. will know that you had an abundance of positive emotional attractors, that more positive things happen and you feel good about the day. If you lay yeah. your head down tonight, heaven forbid you lay your head down, you go, God, thank God today's over. <laughs> you will know that you may have had just a little bit of overshoot on the negative emotional attractors. It could be, you know, your meetings didn't go, your Wi-Fi went out, the, the dog was barking when you're talking. It could be a series of things that you have received as negative emotional attractors. And so what Richard teaches is just the minute you start paying attention to that, the minute I start paying mm. more attention to how I talk to you and what charge does each of my words, my behaviors, my actions have, and in virtual, that is critical, right? So yeah. I don't, if I only have five minutes with you and I don't pay attention to that and I deliver three, you know, I, I tell you three critical things like you should have done this, why didn't you do that? And then I leave, that's what I left yeah. you with, you know? And then again, when you lay down and you, you're, you're this bucket of positive emotionals next to you and it's filled with an abundance of negative, that you wake up with that. It doesn't just disappear yeah. unless you somehow magically resolve it all in your sleep, but you wake up yeah. and then that carries forward. So this is really important because some there may be some negative emotional attractor you've been carrying around for years because yes. a coach said something or a, or a professor gave you feedback or <laughs> something and it just devastated you. And because yeah. of how you cared about them or the value you placed on them, you're carrying that around and you got to figure out how to resolve that. So Richard teaches, hey, our interactions have positive and negative charges. Our words have yeah. positive and negative charges. Our gestures have positive and negative charges. If you're responsible and you care about the relationships, you will mindfully pay attention to how many of those you deliver. And even a constructive mm. conversation can still be positive as long as you yeah. know I care about you or I'm trying to help you get better. So it's not saying we just have to talk about rainbows and unicorns all the time. But it's saying, <laughs> do, I, do I care? And do I care enough to think through what I'm going to say? Or do I just unleash emotionally to serve myself? So this is really yeah. important in the leadership, really important in the virtual space to pay attention to these positive and and negative charges. Rarely will you lay your head down at night and say, gosh, today was completely neutral. I had neither good nor negative experience. <laughs> you won't say it. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. So someone is delivering to you all day long. Now you're responsible for some of that, how you process it. But in the large part, anyone who comes in interaction has a responsibility to take good care of you with their yeah. words and their actions and paying attention does this have a negative charge or does this have a positive charge or checking back yeah. in and saying, Hey, I just want to, I know that was, that was hard to hear. I just want to check in with you. So these are kinds of things that we're teaching in our virtual leadership paying it's, it's one oh one, virtual one oh one. pay attention to the mm. positive and negative that you deliver day in and day out to your people. Cause they're getting bombarded with negative all day yeah. long. So what are you doing to help them get through that? I love it. That's awesome. So well put. So well put. Now, Laura, I mentioned at the beginning that you are a PhD candidate. You're getting your you're getting your PhD. I'm sure there are listeners who have put that goal on their radar. Maybe there's people who have that goal down the road and and they're working full time. So would you just share a little bit about your experiences of benefits of working and doing the PhD? that you've found and there may be some challenges as well but i would just love to i would love our listeners to hear a little bit about your experience because it's such a powerful combination that that praxis the the practice and the theory and combining those two right mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I think that'll be a growing field. You're you're a scholar practitioner also. Um, I think that's growing. So a lot of times you were either a scholar or you're a practitioner. Mm-hmm. And sometimes yeah. those worlds uh, mix, but not often. And now it seems to be growing. And the beauty yeah. of that will mean that it's not just the number one bestseller. It's articles, it's work, it's research. There's so much fantastic work done in the yep. academic field that needs to get in the hands of practitioners. Um, And so the passion grew. Like many people like yourself, I'm just a lifelong learner. I'll never be happy. My family keeps saying, (laughs) when will you stop? Um, So I said, this will be the stop, but who knows? Um, But yeah, you, you, we're all, we all have that insatiable need to know more, to do more. Mine happens to be in the space of academics. It's hard. uh, It's challenging, but again, it, definitely serves my purpose what i want to do i love i love learning i love growing mm-hmm. and i love sharing that with others i love doing it for others i love serving others in that way so it was a natural course for me and every yeah. time that i'm cursing it at two o'clock in the morning because i got a paper due um <laughs> the next morning i wake up and i feel like this was this was the right thing to do so when you invest uh, in a way that aligns your your purpose and your passion. And I know those are posters, those are rocks, those are all those things. But the yeah. truth of the matter is, when that those connect, there there is nothing that feels better than when you're doing mm. that. Um, so those two have connected for me. I, I love learning uh, predominantly about leadership. I love yeah. sharing uh, about leadership, and I I love supporting leaders. It, I think it's mm. one of the hardest. Um, most selfless jobs. And I love supporting people who've invested and said, I want to lead people. So, um, that's, that's what I've made my mission. And I will, I will always serve that group. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a tough go. If anybody ever has questions, they're free to reach out. You did the same thing, I believe. So, um, it's not an easy road. Um, and regardless of what's happened, I, I'm an in-person learner and was forced to learn virtually now. Yeah. Um, it's it's actually been pretty incredible. But yeah, if you've got that tingling in your belly or you've always wanted to do it, I say do it now. Because the only thing that I've ever heard people say that, that have kind of thought about it is I wish I had done it sooner. And mm-hmm. that's the only thing I say. Try not to have too many regrets. But God, I wish I would have done it sooner. I wish I would have been brave enough or courageous enough to just do it sooner. So yeah, if you feel that or you hear that voice in the back of your head, at least explore it. Look out. There's so many great programs. There's so many diverse leadership uh, programs and specialties in the PhD space and contributing to the practice, contributing to the theory and the practice is, yes. is a gift to leaders. They love it. So yeah. It is. Because I agree with you 100%. It's difficult. Incred- I, I have so much respect when I meet someone like Tricia mm-hmm. Griffiths from uh, from Progressive, mm-hmm. or when I meet individuals who are leading Chris Gorman at KeyBank. Mm-hmm. I just have such great, great respect for the work that they're doing because it's not easy. It's yeah. incredibly difficult. And you're literally taking home the weight of those organizations at times. Yep. And so I, I love how you phrase that. Anything I can do to support them in being successful, I think that's wonderful. Absolutely. Well, they, have, they have a lot lot to lose and little to gain. So it, it truly <laughs> is selfless, right? They're doing it because yeah. they love it for the most part. So yeah, they need when, A friend of mine who's is the CEO of the Cleveland Leadership Center, Marianne Crosley. Wow. I'm not going to get this exactly correct, but she says... <laughs> 
our wins are theirs. She means her team. Yeah. And our losses are mine. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's right. When you lose, you lose. When you win, everybody wins, right? That's a good leader. Yep. So they have a lot, lot to lose and little to win. So, uh, yeah. Uh, well, Laura, as we wind down, I always mm-hmm. ask a couple questions about what you're streaming, watching, mm-hmm. reading, listening to. What's happening at the Gilliam household right now that kind of has piqued your interest, other than academic journal articles, which I'm sure you've uh, been... <laughs> yeah, you know. there There is little time for guilty pleasure, so that should endorse your program very highly. <laughs> Luckily for me, you've decided to support an area that I need. I need more information <laughs> on, so you actually help me a lot of times. <laughs> Some of the guilt, you know, I'm 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 with mainstream and a lot of that. I love the Joe Rogan. I love the Daily of New York yeah. Times. Uh, but when I do get the opportunity to go for a run or go for a, a walk with the dogs, I love um, two two of my favorites are the Hidden Brain. Uh, it's just neat. It digs into oh. a lot of the things. Uh, you know, why do you think the things you do? What generates different behaviors? And how do you deepen relationships? Uh, from and then the Overwhelmed Brain is also one. Those two um, were ones that I got tips on from from colleagues, and I haven't been able to turn huh. them off. So those are, those are the only four um, outside of yours that I actually listen to. Again, <laughs> giving you giving you high credit. I have a laundry list of ones. You've really um, connected me with the notion of how to consume information while doing other things, and I love that. So thank yeah. you for hooking me back up to this this mode of of learning and guilty indulgence. Well, sometimes it's it's interesting. I'll even have something playing kind of in the background as I'm working on more mindless stuff. Yeah. But yeah, there's just, it's almost overwhelming yeah. because I ask that question every time and every time someone has something really, really cool mm-hmm. and then I want to go explore that. It's like, it reminds me of when I was in my PhD program. Someone mm-hmm. would say, well, have you yeah. read? And then just <laughs> fill in the blank. And, you know, I would say, well, there's it. another book. <laughs> so really... The only thing the PhD did for me was help me understand how little I do know. That's so uh, true. (laughs) If nothing else, PhDs humble you to the point of realizing, holy cow, how did all of this exist? And I only knew a fraction of it. Yeah. Uh, Lots of of great work. I heard Rob Lowe. I'm I'm an 80s girl, you know, the Brat Pack. So I heard Rob Lowe came out with a a podcast and he interviews, you know, different friends and stuff. And I wrote that down like, oh, I want to see, I want to hear Rob Lowe's. Uh, So yeah, you've, you've triggered something that now is um, an obsession. So thanks a lot Uh, for that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Laura, I am excited to follow your work to to learn more about what you what you learn about in your studies and in your research. And thanks mm-hmm. for the work that you do. Uh, again, so much respect for someone who's uh, investigating the academic side and embedded in the practitioner side. I think for me personally, that both and mm-hmm. is an incredibly powerful combination. I think both on their own can be great. Yep. But for me, I agree with you that that space where there's both, yeah. I think there's room for that. I think it's critical. I think it's important. And if we are building leaders who have a little more intentionality, a little more awareness about uh, 
yep. the theory, the what should be done in this instance, theoretically, I think that's a great world. I really do. So I thank that, you so that's, much. That's great, Scott. You're right. Yeah. If, if leaders could just go that route and, and be more mindful about what they're delivering, but also more open and, and creative and, and really um, brave in that yeah. space. Um, we're going to win. We're going to figure this out and, and we're going to end up on the right side of this. Well, thank you. Thank you. Be well, take care. You and too. I am very excited. I owe you lunch. In yes. 2023, when we are back together in person. <laughs> yes. All right. That's a deal. I'm marking it down. <laughs> okay. Be well. Good job. You too. Bye, Scott. This may be one of my favorite episode titles, Relational Ingenuity. So what are the ingredients of relational ingenuity? What are the components of relational ingenuity? How do we still develop solid, strong, trusting relationships in this new domain. I am very excited to learn more about Laura's research, to see what she finds, to hear some of the creative ways that people are staying connected in this digital space. Will we go back to normal? Of course. But there still will be some hybrid version. We talked in the episode about a both and. There will still be teams that are virtual. There will be teams that aren't together. There will be relationships being built where the individuals never meet face to face. How do we do that well? I'm excited to learn more. I hope each of you are well. Take care and thanks for listening. You have been listening to the Practical Wisdom for Leaders podcast. If you liked what you heard, please share it with others and let them know what we're up to. And one last quick reminder to click subscribe so you know when we publish new episodes. And of course, we'd love to hear your feedback. You can stay in touch with me by visiting www.scottjallen.net or any number of social media platforms. Be well, be safe, and make a difference wherever you are on this beautiful planet. And now, here's Kate's twin sister, Emily, with the outro. You've been listening to Phronesis, Practical Wisdom with Scott Allen.